You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. podcast hell yeah brother overload brother beats by at smoke m2d6 welcome to a seattle overload episode unlike any other where the seahawks have lost 27 11 to the chicago bears the good news is it was preseason, so it it doesn't really matter However, there are takeaways from this in our immediate reaction. Where, I mean, I, I think we we think it, you know, it, it does still matter, uh, and it was upsetting and bad. And it's five twenty six a.m. here, and <laughs> there's, I mean, really, the podcast could be like two minutes, and we could just be like, "Well, that was bad," and let's burn it. But there are also some stuff we can we can talk about. And firstly, I guess. Geno Smith sucks, right, Griffin? He was terrible. He mm. should be cut. Why don't they go and get Jimmy Garoppolo? Wrong, sir. Um, I thought he was solid. Um, I do not think he was great. I don't think he was very good. I don't think he was average, and I don't think he was bad. I thought he was good. Um, he made some three. He made three elite throws, and we can't mm. undersell that. They were downfield. 21 yards one was like 33 and another one was like 18 or something um it was the 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 third down dig route seven step concept hitches up in the pocket fires a rocket over i think i think they were man but it was over like the rat and they had he had to elevate it right over his fingers and he did um perfect ball big time throw and swain drops it you gotta you gotta catch those i would like to think tyler lockett and marquise goodwin bring those down I think it's fair to think that they would. Um, the throw to Penny Hart, Penny Hart got good separation, but it was a beautiful ball. It wasn't underthrown. He didn't have to like come back for it. Um, that's this, this obvious. I mean, Drew Locke isn't playing. That really sucks for him. It sounds like he's really sick. I don't know if he'll be able to play next week. It really sucks for him. He said that. Yeah. He said he felt really sick. Yeah. But this is part of the competition was. Like two of the big markers, not the only things, but two of the biggest markers of this competition is who's going to be the first to throw an interception and then who's going to be the first to hit something deep down the sideline. Um, Obviously, Drew didn't get the chance to prove that he can because we know he can. Um, But it was really good for Geno's sake that he and for the offense's sake that he hit that. And then he follows it up, I think, was it the very next play 
with an absolutely perfect short fade to back shoulder short fade to Derek Young. Um, and Derek Young just can't quite bring it down. I think the defender got a hand in it, but the ball was perfect. Um, outside of that, uh, Gino did some kind of like nifty, like, like, you know, throwing hot and then reading like one of the mesh play. Uh, he was reading the the flat defender drop and just immediately tossed it, I think, to DJ Dallas, like which is like the, the wheel out of the backfield, like the first read before you get to the crosser. Um, for, I mean, it depends, but I think in that context for mesh it was. And it's like, that's exactly what you need to do. Um, then he he uh, he had some other, they had some other drops short. He threw the one stick route um, behind Penny Hart. It was still catchable, but it was, it was, it, it was, um, off target but catchable and you want yeah he's got to be accurate there but we've seen him throw stick routes plenty of times we know he can be accurate and he was accurate earlier in the game on one of the third downs they he had throws a perfect strike on a slant um kind of in between the the db and the the rat defender it was cover one i think um and to k johnson k looked good there and then the penalty brings it back um the so i mean like gino played clean i think for the most part in the underneath mm -hmm. but then he made some big time throws downfield that other third down dig route that he threw that was an incompletion um that was like it was a dig route bending behind a, a hook defender and that hook defender got underneath it and i think gino like the guy was not open and i think gino's placement on the ball shows that he knew it wasn't open because he put it where if it was going to be touched by anybody it was only going to be touched by his receiver um, so I don't, I don't know, like we'll know on the tape if that was the best available decision. If anybody was open, if nobody was open, maybe his best decision was, you know, tucking and running maybe, you know, and even then he may not have gotten anything. The third and 15 sack, um, like they're, they're well out of field goal range, right? Um, they, we, we don't know if it was a coverage sack or not. We don't know if anything was open. Well, it was definitely a, a sack in the sense the ball was held. But we don't know if, if anybody was open. If it wasn't open, we would then ask ourselves, what's the next best decision? Try to scramble and make something happen. You know, if it's third and 15, maybe there's some some grace to extend him there if you're not in field goal range to begin with. But if it's second and 10 or first and 10, do not take a sack there, right? Like I said that last week. He, and then he didn't take an early down sack except for when he tripped on Travis Homer's foot and, like, how often is that going to happen? So I don't right. all in all, I think if if the balls get completed that should have been completed that we don't blame him for, what does his stat line look like? I mean, we, we can do the math. It's there's like 50 yards there to gain back, if not more, if, if you want to be if you want to um be a little bit more uh uh what's the word? Um a little more lenient on him. I mean, maybe, you know, 60, pushing 60 yards. And then what do his, what do his yards per attempt look like? Um, you know, you, you give him back that one third down conversion. Like, Gino played what the quarterback was supposed to do for the most part. He was not perfect, but I think he made enough plays to where if, the, if they didn't have five drops um, and if they didn't have uh, five penalties, setting up second and 20s or third and 20s or whatever it was, like, the, the other positive, if we're looking for positives, the actual blocking from the offensive line was really good in pass protection. Like Charles Cross had five penalties, but he actually had a good night in the actual blocking department. What is more translatable there? Is, is he going to be having five penalties a night? Probably not. He might be a guy that's prone to them. 
but I, I take more stock in him really not giving up any significant pressures in the first half. So Lucas also looked good. Um, that, that, that's how I view this, at least the offense. Uh, even if some of those guys don't have good hands on the wide receiver depth chart, they're, they're not going to have a five, four drop, however strict or lenient you want to be to the receivers. They're not going to have that many drops in the first half, um, especially when DK, Tyler, Goodwin are out there. So like, I don't know. That's my view of the offense. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say like superficially, it was all good and dandy. It was some serious problems that they have to work through, but I'm not as uh, depressed as some people are by it. If, if it happens again next week, then okay. Yeah. Hit the panic, but what the hell is going on? What's going on with the coaching, the messaging, et cetera. Sure. But all right, I've rambled enough. You guys go ahead. Ty. Yeah, I thought Gino was fine. I thought he was good at times. I thought he was great at times. Some of the throws were very impressive. The one that Swain dropped, uh, the one to Penny Hart, I thought those were very, very good throws. Uh, and I felt like for the most part, aside from maybe his last two drives or so, um, none of this really fell on Gino's shoulders. Um, and then it kind of he kind of regressed towards the, the the last couple drives there. But overall, I, I you know I walked away from this feeling fine about Gino. We'll see what's up with his knee and everything. But um, he's bruised his knee. It's, um, it's I think he'll be fine. It, Pete Carroll said it's a bursa. I don't know what mm -hmm. the hell that means. But then he clarified that's a bruised knee. So got you, got you. So yeah, so. I assume that won't impact him long term uh, here in terms of like next week and how they want to do things. The the thing though, the thing that I walked away from this is like, you know, when when the COVID diagnosis for for Drew came down the other day, it was like, okay, Gino won the job probably. That's what that means. Now, yeah. I don't it's think that's the tough. case. I don't think that's the case now though. I think that's I think it's up in the air still. Uh, as long as Drew can actually get back be healthy enough to play next week yeah yeah um yeah maddie i don't know man but like it's like p carroll said like the i mean we're we're not under the impression none of us are that gino can be a guy who is gonna be the dude in the offense like uh mahomes right i mean that would just be ridiculous right. it's like p carroll said they needed to help him <laughs> like they needed to make plays around him too mm -hmm. the offensive line like had a slightly tougher time um we, we mentioned how the Steelers aren't a very good run defense and the Bears seem to get after it up front a bit more and you know that every run wasn't going for four yards a pop um actually I, I can get up some some stats of how how Seattle got along there but um, by the way I don't know how you guys feel but I'd be cool if I had never had to watch Freddie Swain play football again like, he's not especially having a good, returns. Like, yeah man that, that i feel bad for him because i mean he may not make the team and, and last year i thought like he was a serviceable wide receiver for or whatever you know yeah this feels like a regression yeah and he's and like, just he's just useless in the punt return game like he yeah. doesn't move at all and kate johnson although he muffed the punt right or the kickoff yeah he muffed the punt yeah 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 i was gonna say it looks yeah. like he's usurping him maybe you know it might be him and penny hart but then like he muffed the punt so yeah i'm sure they're getting cussed out by um god who's a special teams coach larry is uh, 
Lurie Izzo, Izzo. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Izzo. I'm sure they're all getting cussed out by Izzo right now. I and what we should mention here is still the, five yards per carry. By the way, the the receive it well. Yeah, I've just seen that five point one yards per probably carry. Probably aided think, by a thirty three yard run by. I well, I think that's mainly fake because yeah, thirty three yard run, and then the other runs were like passing down stuff, like the draw yeah. run popping, whatever. But uh, we should talk about you know they're throwing to receivers like Swain, who's supposed to be the best one, but he's not having a good time of it at the moment. Penny Hart. And then Bo Melton, that's the receiving group, which is bad. They're straight bad. Usually they'd expect to have had at least one of Eskridge or Goodwin there, which suddenly gets it a bit juicier. And obviously Metcalf and Lockett aren't out there. Same applies for the run game, where you've got Travis Homer as the lead back. Same applies for special teams as well, where like Belor ain't playing, the special teams captain, the stalwart. And special teams, they do have an issue, but... Thankfully, that's an area you can address via, you know, cut downs. You can scour the league. You can grind that special teams tape, and you'll you'll find some guy who can run fast and is actually can like track a near hip and not over pursue dramatically to one side, which, mm-hmm. uh, Iggy uh, was doing. Um, but just just because we haven't got onto the defense yet, and just to put a bow really in, in, uh, on the offensive discussion, like. I actually think we'll watch the tape and we'll come away with very similar stuff to what we said about the Steelers game. And that I think Gino probably took what, you know, he he played it exactly how he should have done. He was just in an absolutely ridiculously bad situation. I said at halftime, uh, I gave him five out of 10. Right? And I'm very big on out of 10 ratings being, if it's five out of 10, that's average. Like I hate it when people okay. go, oh, it was all right. I'll give it seven out of 10. No, what are you doing? I also yeah. get really annoyed when people are like, um, oh, it was a 7.5 out of 10. Because really what they're saying is they want to rate things out of 100 and be like 75 out of 100. If you're right. going to do it out of 10, do it out of 10. And I think he is a 5 out of 10. Uh, I could probably be talked into 4 out of 10 or 6 out of 10. And after watching the tape, I will probably land on probably one of those numbers to actually take a stance rather than just saying he's bang average. That's fair. That's but, fair. but, you know... I, I I really do think we'll watch it back and be like, wow, that those two throws are really nice, and wow, mm. he was not helped, and the the touch on the dig stuff as well. Like again, he's been working with the ones, he's been working with Lockett and Metcalf primarily. He's only just got in with the twos, so he won't have the chemistry with these guys, and he he's thrown to. Also, and- I sorry, really quick. I feel another reason why I feel bad for Swain is because I'm sure I can't really see with the broadcast, but I suspect the tape will show that Swain also ran a really good route. Mm. Yeah, and and then he to drop it like that's he he might have had an issue tracking the ball with because the fact that he threw it over a defender. There might have been a tracking issue because I mean those are I don't know how a lot of receivers make those throws, but every week in the NFL there are big dig routes thrown over multiple hands reaching out for the ball at every level of the field before it's caught. So those are big time throws, um, you know, and the it's it's definitely something they are trying to have be a, a fixture of their dropback game. So. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, um, yeah, I, I think that's fair, Maddie. I think that, um, superficially, what I saw off of the broadcast, I think that's uh, why I settled on good. And, I, and I'm really, um, I'm really, 
I admit that I'm I'm really over, maybe overemphasizing the tape will prove if it's over or regular emphasizing um, the all the drops and the um, you know the penalties putting them in like really bad game states that are really difficult to succeed in. Um, but I, I could very well like uh, th- what will determine how he played though is of course like the stuff you need the tape to even know is he reading the play out correctly is he getting to the right spot is is anything open what is he doing when it's not open like you know what i mean like actual playing the position superficially all i saw were when the ball was coming out for the most part it should have been caught then there were plays where he, he tried to extend or scrambled my question then is did he miss something that was open or was the play covered up and if it was covered up why was it covered you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. um I don't know. It's just I, I, I even if even if I think he was less than good, I still foresee the floor from that game being average. I just can't fathom, you know, where he's making the throws that he did make. Like I, you can't. I don't know. Um, I feel like there was more good and good than bad from this from this performance for him. Um, real quick, another thing that we need to mention here: Damian Lewis who got hurt and uh, they brought the air cast out for seems like he actually avoided a pretty gnarly injury. And it's uh, I think a high ankle sprain is what, what pizza uh, it was a lateral ankle sprain, lateral ankle sprain. And they, but he was basically tr- treating it as a miracle. So that's amazing news. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully he's um, not out for too long. I mean, we, there's been, I know I know nothing about ankle sprains. I know nothing about anything, but there's been some history with ankle sprains where the guys come back and they don't look anywhere near as athletic as they did prior. Like I'm thinking, even LJ Collier, who wasn't exactly the sparkiest athlete, when he 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 never he even he seemed more athletic in college than he did when his first year NFL action. It seemed like he got fully healthy till after, and then you could say the same thing for Rasheem Green his rookie year. When yeah. he sprained his ankle, he came back later that regular season and he looked two thirds as fast as he did in that preceding preseason. So, like, I don't know. I hope he's good to go. If not, obviously, the plan was Gabe Jackson's your right guard and Phil Haynes is your left guard. And mm-hmm. Phil, I think, had a decent game. He might have been better in protection than he was in run blocking, but I did see some movement from him. Um, but I, I think they'll be okay with those two if, if, Lewis can't get back in time, but uh, mm-hmm. Lewis looked really good against the Steelers again, as did everybody. But I was hoping he actually. So he got hurt early. I, I was watching to see how he looked when I when I rewatched the game because I recorded it like speed running, and he actually was moving people just like he was against the Steelers. So you know, maybe it's not enough reps to really say anything, but man, you don't want to lose him. So yeah. Um, and hey, Austin Blythe looked good. So. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll uh, watch the tape. Mm-hmm. Um, do we want yeah. to transition to defense? Well, well, yeah. real quick, the the left guard situation. Um, if if Lewis can't, well, he won't play against the Cowboys anyway. I don't think. Although there is a weird philosophical thing, not just for offensive line, but for everyone. Of well, we still haven't seen the ones really properly. Metcalf played three snaps today. Um. You know, how much do you want to play the ones to try and get Drew in that competition mindset and and competition opportunity, but also Gino. Uh so but anyway, 
Lewis, you know, given what you've said, Griff, and I'd be interested in how different a lateral one is to a high one. I don't know. But well, um, a high ankle sprain is about like a six to eight week thing. So that's hof- hopefully this is it sounded better, quicker. but then they were operating yeah. off a Yeah. So I don't know. We'll probably find out more Monday. Yeah. Monday ish. So we'll see. But I would suspect that even if he is relatively okay, we probably won't see him in Dallas, even with the whole, like, we need to, we need to see the ones thing. I think any sort of ankle sprain, and again, hashtag not medical advice, but, like, I don't know if he'll be able to get back for week one, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now defense? Well, <laughs> just the, de- the depth behind is Greg Island and Jake Curhan, who are, like, converted tackles. So... Uh, currently, yeah. Haynes, Haynes, or whoever misses Fuller, out, maybe. yeah, Shamarius oh, Gilmore, maybe. yeah. But like before, you know, Lewis was out. You had Haynes or Jackson or Lewis as the extra guy, which is crazy depth. Anyway, mm-hmm. defense, yeah, defense, defense mm. was uh, I, I admit did not watch the second half defense at all. Actually, I didn't watch any of the second half. I don't even know how Jake Eason played. I, 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 I literally watched She-Hulk I was Jacob Eason. Yeah, I, I, uh, in the second half, I rewatched the first half, and then I had to go walk my dogs because they were angry yeah. and they needed to go out. Um, <laughs> Maddie looks dead inside. Um, <laughs> so so he, here, here's my deal. I'll just I'll hopefully um, – how, how do I – so like the things that were really bad – were sourced to players that I don't think are in the plans um, to play at all in the regular season, unless in blowouts. Um, the only guy that is actually going to factors to play significant um, snaps is someone's taking a screenshot. Yeah, you're not um, sneaky. We can all hear you taking <laughs> screenshots, Ty. Like, you need to figure out you're um, not a good spy. You've been caught. <laughs> The, the only guy that played significant snaps uh, that we can assume will play, have some sort of a role in the regular season that played really poorly, I think it was Marquise Blair. Don't know what was going on there, at least at the tackle point. I mean, for all we know, again, as the saying goes, until we get the tape, he might have done some things in coverage that just don't show up on the broadcast. Like, okay, he's just got to wrap up better, right? Like, we might cool our jets if we watch the tape. Also, we may not. We might say, oh, he was bad everywhere. You know what I mean? Um, but even then he's still not the starter. And when Jamal Adams is playing that overhang nickel star role, whatever you want to call it, it doesn't have to be Blair as the other deep safety. It could be Josh Jones who seemed on broadcast to be active and make plays. You know, it could also be Ryan Neal when he gets healthy. Like we, it doesn't, ha- I mean, that doesn't have to be a terrible thing. Um, the edge rush, the interior rush continues to be like alive, like active. It wasn't dominant, but it was there. Like Alton Robinson had some good rushes. Daryl Taylor had some good rushes. Um, uh, and then I think I saw Shelby Harris at the bull rush. And Puna Four just kind of continues to be who he is as a pass rusher. He gets some push. Um, Quinn Jefferson was active. Uh, I don't remember what Miles Adams did. He had the one cleanup sack. But like for the people that are actually going to be playing hundreds of snaps in the regular season, we didn't see anything alarming. It was just probably Blair. And then Maddie, um, Please comment on the people I already spoke about, but Kobe Bryant had a solid game, didn't he? He he did. Or- uh, he was all right. Um, 
<laughs> he had a nice pass breakup after bad press footwork, but he was down at the goal line, so step kick. He was a bit slow getting out there with the fade, but he knew it was a fade because it was down at the goal line, got his pass breakup. Um, he looked competitive, good movement skills. I think also his performance was possibly accentuated given the fact that Coleman looked a bit off his day game slash those catches beneath Coleman's Coleman, zone, yeah. but like also, you know, it's kind of like make a play. Uh, and then the special teams, uh, or whatever you want to call it was, was yeah. a bit awkward. Horrific. Uh, that was real bad. But like Bryant missed a tackle and had a bad pursuit angle on like a screen to the flat where Seattle still got off the field, but it's like, you kind of want him to make the play there as a nickel. So I, I would say it's all up in the open, the the nickel competition still. I think they should possibly mix in Brian, you know, maybe do like a quarter, a quarter, a quarter, a quarter of, sure. of the competition. I'd be very much open to that. And then rest of the defense, I don't really have anything to say. That It's going to look bad. Like They're running a 4-2-5, basically. It's going to look bad when you don't have any of the secondary. Yeah. Um, and it's going to look bad when you don't have Jordan Brooks, who's basically the guy who allows you to do a lot of this stuff. Right. And it's going to look really bad when you don't have your best big pluggers because you can't stop the run as well. Yeah. So yeah. when Lewis and... made a big point about 20 guys not dressing... Like, I think most of that was probably on the defense. And, I mean, the the defense just looked awful. And some of these linebackers, the depth pieces, I don't want to be mean, but I I don't know what they had. I don't know how they're in the NFL. The, and, um, the, and... Yeah, so, like, the, if if one of Brooks or, or Barton gets hurt at any point, they absolutely have to be a dime team somehow. That's where bring on the memes, actually put Jamal Adams at linebacker, like actually do that. Be a big dime team because I don't want to see he, um, you know, the only guy that actually looks like he knows how to tackle is Tanner Muse, and but then he also can't run. So well, he can't, no, he can run, he, but he can only run in a straight line if he has to change <laughs> okay. direction. I saw, yeah, I saw him trying to adapt his angle. I was like, oh no. Pete, this is Tanner Muse. His deficiency oh. is he can't run. <laughs> yeah. God, I feel so bad. I don't feel great saying that about human beings because they've worked very hard to get to this point. And at a, yeah. one point in their lives, we're probably dominant football players. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, welcome to the show. Um, it's also a lot of these guys, like, first NFL action, right? Like, even, yeah. if, even if they have, like, oh, that's the guy that can stick on a roster for a couple of years – you're going to have walk like, you know, deer in the headlight moments, you know, a little bit. Um, so to their credit. Um, but yeah, so I know it's, it's, it seems kind of a little too like sunshine and rainbows. You got to indulge in the pessimism a little bit. I think objectively mm -hmm. speaking though, we didn't see oh, horrific sorry, sorry. things. Do you guys have that song sunshine, lollipops and rainbows? Do we have it? I'm sure it like America just have. doesn't get certain songs or something. <laughs> like, well, like music isn't yeah. like I don't know. you are um, going through a cultural war at the moment it seems that's the history of America unfortunately yeah um yeah Leslie uh, so anyway like <laughs> the, we, I love we how we didn't to... even answer his question <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
Anyways, uh, we just have to hope that, like, hey, Jamal Adams, Quandre Diggs, Burns, Sidney Jones, Woolen, and Bryant, uh, Brooks and Barton can't get hurt, and then we'll go from there. Uh, and um, also, Ken Norton Jr. did nothing wrong. I now, now he really did so, Like, what what was he meant to do? Like, the, this defense is it has the same inherent issues schematically as it did last year. It's just the the we're getting ahead of ourselves. Um, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Ken Norton Jr.'s tenure was was I think marked by solving problems presented by the precise personnel combinations he had. And now they can, they're on the other end of that stick. Now that they have enough personnel diversity that instead of solving problems, they can kind of attack things as they want to. Mm-hmm. So it, I'm, I really want to see the ones out there. Um, also, like you said, they're running four two five. It's a very vanilla scheme for them. Like they only have a couple of like, couple of like base calls within each front and then a couple of complementary calls right now or supplementary calls um you can cut you kind of see the uh like the foundation being laid and then you can see where more specific stuff would kind of filter in right if it was a real game but like they're they're not playing their they're they're playing i don't think they played a single snap of their penny package which is nickel bear which was was falcon last year we haven't seen that in the preseason we haven't seen that at all and that is going to factor um in fact i see we see i suspect we see a lot of it against the broncos week one which we can save for that preview in a couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, like this is still right. I mean, honestly, I just want to see the edge, the edge rushers providing edge rush. And for the most part, nothing dominant, but there's a lot more life there than there was last year. Mm-hmm. So everything else is like, yeah, tackle and let, you know, chew out the the bottom 30 of the roster, however you need to in practice this week and, you know, no, Pete straight up said he's like, if guys can't learn how to tackle, they won't be here anymore. Like, and Ty, you mentioned before we recorded, you like he's probably talking to Marquise Blair right there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Blair was awful tonight, like yeah, truly yeah. awful. Also had like a head to head, helmet to helmet penalty as well uh, in the red zone. Like that for sure pissed Pete off. And the way that Pete was talking tonight. I mean, it's very rare that we hear Pete talking as candidly as he did tonight about guys yeah. and just about like the reality of the situation. Cause, you know, typically, you know, he's, I mean, cause he's kind of like, he's kind of got that dad mentality, right? Where he doesn't want to let anyone go. Yeah. He often comes off, you know, he often comes off like that, right? And not a lot yeah. of NFL coaches do. Today, he just came off like, no, that's this not good is, enough. This yeah, this up. is this sucks this is bad because he's usually optimistic like you said yeah i wouldn't be surprised if we saw a pretty significant roster churn like towards the bottom end of the roster good call next couple weeks they did it back in the day and uh, they've got to do that and and there will be opportunities was a surprise trade last year right um but so like yeah ty when you said he's angry i think if we're assuming he's talking about Blair, which he definitely, even if he wasn't specifically pointing him out, he still applies to that. He's statement. definitely in that group. Yeah. 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 He, uh, he's probably disappointed too, because Blair is a guy that we know that they like and beyond like where they like all their guys, like every year when Peter King or Albert Breer and other national reporters go to visit camps and then they say, who's a the guy to look for 
they're saying whoever they talked to off the record said is looking really good in camp. And every year, multiple people have said Marquise Blair. Even even today, and Lewis Riddick was like, this guy was one of the best DBs until he went through injury stuff. Like that means that like the coaches are feeding them that, and they're they're saying that because yeah. they believe that internally, whether they're right or wrong or whatever, that's what they think. Like, so they're probably going like, what the hell happened tonight? What is this? Um, right. Now, but it's kind of funny. Things come full circle. Matt, you did a scouting report on Marquise Blair way back when when he was coming out of utah and like what was the main thing you mentioned was tackling in the flat right like coming downhill on things and just throwing. he like yeah he liked to hit but like he didn't wrap up slim frame he can't wrap up he d- he never went ice through the fires he was always just bouncing out of stuff and and to get low He's quite. He plays quite high. To get low, yeah. he does what happened today, where he lowers his head to lower his target, and so, then you end up with helmet to helmet. So I'm not going to say the guys that miss tackles today are good tacklers, but l- l- let's add all this up. Some s- horrible drops from receivers. Some of them are. Some of yeah. them was just really good defense. Like the one to Derek Young, I think we call a drop, but like that was really tightly covered. So I'm not going to not being too critical, but we got some drops from receivers. We have like seven or eight O-line penalties through four quarters. And then we have some of the worst tackling we've seen and some of the worst special teams we've ever seen in a preseason game or on Lumen Field. Is this just like rookies during the headlights first game at home in front of a crowd? Then they know well, they're on prime time. Did you like, sorry, did you just mention the short the short week? I mean it is pretty crazy. Short week too, that's a good point. It's pretty I mean, crazy that's another coming from Pittsburgh on a Saturday night and then flying back with COVID you're preparing for Drew to be the starter. Then he goes off. So you've, that's got you out of whack a bit. Then you maybe some of the Seahawks on the field today would have tested positive for COVID. You don't know how like that's, Drew's flown on the team yeah, plane. Yeah. I know flying supposed to be all right, even with COVID if everyone, but I doubt, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll I hadn't thought about that. That's a great together. point. And so, Maybe, well, that's what we were talking about what, last cope. night's episode. You know, like, what yeah. if Gino gets COVID, right? Like, what happens at that point? Like, you know, it just it doesn't seem like that would be the end of it. So, yeah, like Maddie's saying, right? Like, maybe some of these guys were playing with COVID as well, and that plays a role. And You know, like you yeah. were saying as well, like, yeah, this is first NFL game action at home for a lot of these dudes. Like, I'm sure that impacts guys mentally as well. Um, so, uh, you know, there's definitely like outside factors that are playing into it, but, you know, and, and, and I guess the good news as well, you know, to go along with that is the fact that not, you know, not a lot of the starters actually suited up in this game. So a lot of these guys that you're seeing mess up are, you know, hopefully not going to be playing meaningful snaps for you this year, or at least a lot of meaningful, meaningful snaps for you. So, you know, I, I don't feel like too bad about this game but it was bad and i feel like again i feel like we're going to see i'd be honestly at this point i'd be pretty stunned if we didn't see significant changes towards the bottom of the roster yeah we got a nice little shot of john schneider working on an ipad uh oh yeah kind of the new meme yeah Yeah. it might be one of the more active um they uh i don't know what the actual numbers are but i'd be curious every final roster cut down if you told it up how many guys they ended up signing to the 53 and or practice squad that were on other 90 man rosters or 85 man rosters, whatever it is. 
Um, and if you rank them every year, I wouldn't be surprised if we see the most, like one of the highest numbers of total guys they bring in from other clubs because like they need an emergency. Oh shit. Linebacker. Like, Oh God, we need a guy that's over 230 pounds that can actually tackle somebody. You know what I mean? Like um, we, we need special teamers. Like we, we, they literally signed a backup linebacker, not even to be a backup linebacker, but to be a special teamer. And he was, didn't seem to have, a good day teaming specialist. So like, he couldn't align right on defense, so I don't know what's going on there. But anyway, yeah. So let's uh, let, let's, uh, let's let's regroup, watch the tape. Uh, and, yeah, uh, the, what, for, we have to watch the tape. Um, the, hope for a spirited. So just to, it was thirteen penalties for ninety-two yards, which absurd. Is Maybe the correct. tape will show us that the Seahawks were actually really good, but the Bears were just that much better. Hmm, maybe nice cope uh maybe, so, maybe so two positives i'm at stage seven now by the way right i'm at acceptance two positives abraham lucas horrible. abraham lucas looked dominant even on the play that lewis got hurt he was pancaking a guy on the backside of zone like seven yards down the field absolutely nasty and he got beat around the edge but like um Olovsky said he probably should have just stepped up in the pocket there, Eason. I don't think that was really on Lucas. So Lucas had, I think, another good game, even though the offensive line wasn't quite as dominant this game. Um, and then the other positive, Miles Adams had a really nice sack and I think was really disruptive again. And he was playing late still. So generally, you know, still on the fringes, which you expect given how much uh, depth they have in that interior defensive line room. That being said, you know, LJ Collier is still out. Pete Carroll said he's still a while off. Adam should make the roster. Like, he, he really should. Um, I'm excited to watch his tape back again, and um, I'm happy for him. And did we talk about Charles Cross struggling? That's not as positive to end on, but... Mm. Uh, we didn't really. That um, just seems like inexperience. Like, three false yeah. starts, one holding penalty. They seem to no, have he a did bit more... He, he did have a good block on Robert Quinn. On the yeah, exactly. Like, like, yeah. yeah. So he, there was ups and downs. I think he struggled a bit with like a guy who was just straight up snap jumping, basically. Um, mm -hmm. And I think they were trying to play around with their cadence a bit, which something Carol mentioned the cadence in the press conference. But I think they were trying to stop the snap jumping. And I think, you know, if someone's snap jumping, then you start trying to snap jump a bit as a tackle. And I think that's what was going on and sort of got in his own head a bit. Um, so. Not not something to be concerned about. That's why he's playing in the preseason game, that kind of experience, and I'm sure it'll be fine. I, I don't think it's going to be like a Jermaine Effetti situation, but um, we'll see, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, so finally, J-Jaw. Mm. We have new information on J.J. Oh, Fager, Whiteside. He, I was well, right. But the problem is, I wish we should have so, deferred you from the jump. What were we thinking? Well, he, well, we, I was right in the sense that I said that you know, if he was Spanish, then it should be Arthega. and he is Spanish, which is an absolute shocker. But that's cool, really cool. I should have um, been supporting my my fellow European. But the mm. the problem is, we've received conflicting information. So, someone in the comments of the YouTube said this was JDM boy JDMB 017 
said, no, it's Arciega or Arciga, but not Arfega. Spain can't facepalm. Spain can't even Spanish properly. The foot in Barcelona had to have been a mispronunciation by someone with a lisp. Mm. <laughs> um, that morphed into a group conscious commitment to sound out fur out of sir. It's like how the same word can be pronounced differently depending what area of English speaking territory. Right. I mean, like, is, is this just dialect dependent? Like, mm. there's like 50 Italian languages. Maybe. Uh, you know, like it, it makes sense that there are different dialects and and Arthega. So just is because from... one person would say Arthega, it's still okay for us to say Arsega. And he is right? from Zara. He's from Zaragoza, which I think isn't, is Zaragoza, which isn't, is isn't, isn't the the ultimate decider here of how to pronounce Jaws last name uh, up to Jaws though? Like, yes, I defer to what he says. Big big fan of that. Big fan yeah, of that. Yeah. And, yeah, that uh, well, and so I was so I was going off of how Stanford uh or like anyone that would commentate Stanford games would do that it. Because I assume that they have a pronunciation mm, guide. Yes. Yeah, but and sense. and indeed El Oh no, another Spanish pronunciation. El mm. Jefe replied mm. to the uh Seattle Overload Twitter account at Seattle Overload, follow it, saying Ty is right. <laughs> Jaw has stated his name is pronounced Arthega. So there you go. There we go. So, and uh, Arthega Whiteside almost hauled in a nice deep shot, as we predicted, from now, Jacob Eason, but the ground knocked it out. Yeah. That was probably the toughest catch you can Guys, make. not not to complicate things, but I am going to um, contend that the E's and white side are long E's. Uh, or actually, they're accented, so it's actually white side A. So mm. we're correct on the Arthega part, but then we got to get the, well, the, more Angl the more the Anglican half of his last name. Okay. Correct. So Arthega would taste It's actually French. Yeah, is what I'm saying. Mm. It's not. Yeah. Or maybe it's like, you know how like Sade is actually pronounced Shade. So maybe it's like, Wate Shade, Shade. You know, we'll mm. look at the tape. We'll get back to you guys. Yeah. Yes. Let us know we're... in the comments how badly we're coping through all this. Honestly, yeah, we'll... I don't feel like I'm coping. Maybe that's the sign of a deluded person. Um, well, the best thing I'm about tape, tape watching, tape watching is cope. It's literal cope because you're just rewatching the same thing and talking yourself into it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, we don't know. We'll probably be a bit longer back next time. I mean, tape will probably get watched by. Monday, Tuesday, so maybe we'll have a podcast out on um, Thursday, possibly, or it, maybe Friday, a sort of tape review. Dallas When's the game? Saturday? Saturday, so okay. maybe we'll aim for Thursday, record Wednesday. But until that point, please do retweet, like, keep supporting the podcast in, in your good ways. We appreciate you. And, uh, you know, keep your heads up. It, it, they still have nice uniforms and, you know. And Drew Wu is coming Carroll back. Looks good. I really like that um, Seahawks t-shirt that Pete Carroll wears at the moment. It looks clean on mm. him. Very nice. It's... I've always wanted that long sleeve shirt that he that he's always worn with just like the Seahawk logo. I've never been able to find one for myself. Yeah, they have like special stuff, right? Like yeah. the stuff Nike's not given to peasants. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. All right.
Bye, guys. Well, GG's. So. Peace.